You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and the interview subject you're about to hear from is Aru Luster. Aru is the guitarist in Il Nino, and he was previously in Machine Head. The reason for the conversation is to promote Il Nino's appearances in Australia across August 2017, and I'll read out some dates. On Wednesday the 2nd, they're appearing in Perth. Thursday the 3rd, in Adelaide. Friday the 4th, in Sydney. Saturday the 5th in Melbourne and finally Brisbane we get a show on Sunday the 6th. So let's have a listen to what he has to say. Here we go. Aru Luster, welcome to the Scars and Guitars podcast. You have had a long and successful career creating modern heavy metal so I want to offer you a heartfelt congratulations. Now, Il Nino is embarking... You're right, mate, you go. Oh, I was just going to say thank you. That's all right. That's no very worries. nice of you. A few, few more compliments to come, rest assured. And uh, Il Nino is embarking on a tour playing uh, the debut album Revolution, Revolution in full. An album, ironically, that uh, you were on due to your tenure in another icon of heavy metal, Machine Head. So um, why has the band decided to tour and play the debut in full in 2017? We just thought it was about time. Um, there was there was a few other tours going around with uh, bands doing their debut record or the most popular record, and we kind of thought, you know, like a lot. There's so, we've been hearing so much from from our fans that that you know there's so many fans that still appreciate the first record more than more than anything else, and we just thought it was a good idea to. Uh, just go back and, and uh, celebrate the, the release of the record and celebrate the record and the fans and, and just do the full record in its entirety. So Il Nino are a band that's uh, known for creating massive groove-oriented metal steeped in the traditions of Latin culture. How important is the band's Latin identity yeah. to the overall sound? I think that is the most important part of our sound. If we didn't, I mean, that's what makes us different. That's what separates us from, from everybody else. Like probably the year that El Nino came out, maybe 10 other bands also came out that year, but, but nobody was doing anything as original or unique. And most of those bands aren't, aren't doing anything now. And 15 years later, we're still, we're still rocking. So yeah, uh, we we always you know when we're we're writing we we're always always in the forefront of our mind is how how do we keep it to sound like sounding like El Nino with the the Latin element and the tribal element and and everything that makes us unique. Fair enough. And is there a new album on the horizon? We're in the beginning phase of just discussing it. Um, we've had a couple talks on the last tour we've we've done and just to talk about the direction and and what we'd like to do but you know at the forefront of that is uh keeping our sound the way it is you know with the latin element but as well as introducing new things and and kind of keeping it modern as well yeah fantastic um so i alluded to something earlier and i would like to ask you a question about your time in machine head if that's okay um sure you left the band no in 
in 2002 and and I found an interview last night that you did with Blabbermouth uh, in the same year and it had the headline that you were, uh, I'll I'll quote, I was creatively unfulfilled in Machine Head. How do you feel about your time in the band now when you look back? Well, I mean, I, I read that interview recently and just reading through it, I was just, I was just cringing, uh, just because I was, I was a lot younger then I'm, yeah, I'm older sure. and wiser now. And, and just the way that I sounded, you know, I, 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 I was just like, uh, I, I didn't even like to read it, but I mean, the truth is I was at a time in my life where I thought there was such thing as a perfect situation in a band and, and what I've come to learn now is there, there is no perfect situation. There's always going to be problems. There's always going to be, um, issues and, and just the same as it is with any other relationship in life. Sure. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, when I look back at, when I look back at that, the times that I spent in machine head, most, it's all fond memories. Most of it. I mean, maybe, maybe there's a couple things here and there that I, that I didn't like, but I mean, I, we had some great times, uh, great friendships, and I'm still friends with uh, all of the people that I played with in that band till this day. Cool. But what I really, but now, you know, now that I think about it and the way that I think about it now is uh, Rob Flynn gave me an opportunity when I joined the band. And even though I'm not a machine head now, you know, like because of, because of that, I have a career in music and I've been doing this for, for a long time. And I'll always appreciate him and, and uh, be thankful for that. Yeah, fair enough. And, and look, The Burning Red is an album that I rather like, and I still do like it, actually. Um, but it is an album that attracts some criticism due to the band's look at the time and the departure in musical style uh, from what was considered a traditional machine head sound from the previous two albums due to the adoption of some new metal elements. So when you look back on that album, and if you can believe it, it's almost 20 years old, that record, um, is there anything that you change yeah. about your approach to that album? Well, to be honest, I was I was the new member of the band, so I didn't really have a lot to do with the direction or, or any, you know, anything that was going on in Machine Head World didn't have anything to do with me except for the riffs that I brought. And I, and, you know, I brought riffs and, and, uh, we kind of used them the way that, that, uh, I mean, Rob Flynn was kind of the, the pilot of the ship. So, you know, he kind of incorporated it the way that, that he felt it, it would fit into the, the band. Um, as far as the, 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 you know, I, I wasn't even really that familiar with new metal when I joined Machine Head, which is the funny thing. Uh-huh. Like, right. uh, I had, I hadn't even heard of Limp Bizkit <laughs> and Rob Flynn is like, you don't know who Limp Bizkit is? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, you know? So he's like, oh man, you got to hear them. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, I was, you know, I was so nervous just showing up to rehearsal every day. Uh, I didn't, yeah, right. there, there was okay. nothing that had to do with the direction that, you know, that I, that I put in. Okay. Yeah. And, and what's your so, take on, I mean, your and idea. I, and I guess the original question was, would I change anything? And, and the answer is no. I mean, I, I love that record to this day Yeah, good and on it's, you, That's you good. know, one of the, yeah. the mo- things that I'm, one of the albums I'm the most proud of and I wouldn't change a thing on it. 
yeah. No, good on you, mate. Yeah, no, I, I do like it. I loved it when it first came out. And uh, yeah, yeah, I know. And, and, and sometimes I feel, uh, my opinion, of course, that the band's tried to distance themselves from the album a little bit. And um, look, but I'm one of those guys who, um, you know, my favourite Aussie album is The Ultimate Sin. My favourite Celtic Frost record is A Cold Lake. And I actually really enjoy the new Suicide Silence album. So I tend to like it when bands take a bit of a, um, yeah. you know, go off the beaten path a little bit. Um, yeah, I agree. What's your take on Machine Head's music since you left the band? To be honest, I I haven't really listened to it a lot. You know, like I, I hear things here and there, but it's kind of like, you know, I, it's kind of like looking on Facebook to see what your ex-girlfriend's up to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I, yep. I just... I just <laughs> I just don't go there and not for any other reason that I just, I'm not, I don't know. I, I just don't feel the need to, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, fair enough. And look, you, you did mention that you were in touch or, or, or you, you had a relationship with all of the members of the band that you performed with back in the day. Um, Adam Juice famously left the band um, under a cloud of controversy. It's, it's fair to say. So uh, not necessarily asking for you to comment on that, but, do you know what Adam is up to these days and are you still in contact with him? Yeah. After he left the band, uh, he called me and we talked on the phone for about an hour and I mean, he's doing really good for himself. He's got a construction company. Um, he's just playing music for the love of music. He, he just jams with different people when he feels like it. And, uh, he's got a, a good life. He's doing really well. Wonderful. All right. Yeah, and I, I, look, I, I um, watched you, the last time I saw you perform actually was with Machine Head in Australia in 2001, I think it was, when you guys toured with Slayer. And um, I have been a fan. Oh, wow. Long time ago. Yeah, yeah. And, and because of the playing on The Burning Red, uh, you're playing on The Burning Red, I actually made a point of standing in front of you uh, in the audience. I want to congratulate you on your guitar playing as well. Uh, you have been an influence on me. Um, oh, thank. No Thank you very much. Yeah, and you and I was reading online too. You uh, you do some production work these days, and you offer your services to up and coming bands. Can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah, I, I have a production company called Illustrious Productions, and I've been doing it for about eight years now. Uh, recently, I've started getting into more and more. Uh, touring and signed bands and you know international i'm doing a couple things for dave ellison of megadeth's label emp awesome. yep um i i just finished the new motograder album which should be coming out in a maybe a couple months i don't have an exact release date but it's coming out in a couple months and i'm looking forward to doing more and more uh you know bigger bands like that's kind of the my goal with it is like i'd like to work with some bigger acts for sure. But it's doing good. You know, I'm always busy with it. When I'm not touring, that's what I'm doing pretty much. Yeah. Fair enough. Now, the next questions I ask everybody who uh, I have an interview with. Um, so humor me. They are, sure. They're three questions. Okay. Um, and I'd love it if you could play along. Your answers can be as not safe for work as you like. So here goes. Choose three words to describe yourself. Mm. <laughs> positive 
shy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I guess hungry for life. Yeah, good answer. I guess that's not one word though. I, I, a word that means that. I don't know. <laughs> oh, hungry is, is fine. We all know what it means. You gave great context. So there you go. Um, yeah. If you could go back to when you were 18 and give yourself some advice, what do you think you'd say? Hmm. Trying to think of the the biggest thing that that would have helped me. Yep. Oh, God, these these are some difficult questions. <laughs> you know, I'm usually prepared for the other ones, but these are these are uh, these do throw you people put some a real bit. thought into them. Yeah. All right, this is what I would tell I would tell myself. I would tell myself the winner of every Super Bowl. <laughs> and then tell myself to bet on them. <laughs> nice. Who do, you, who do you follow? Are you a uh, San, uh, San Diego follower? Uh, San Francisco 49ers. Sorry, San Francisco. Sorry, that's, that's, I, meant, I meant to say that it came out of San Diego yeah. for some reason. There you go. Okay, and the final yeah. question is, what five guests, living or dead, would you invite to dinner? I would say my my grandfather that I that I had never met. Uh, he he died before I was born, but he was a, he was a, a great man, and I would have really liked to meet him. Um, Bach. <laughs> nice. Yep. John Coltrane. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Bruce Lee. Uh-huh. And hmm. Caesar. <laughs> I can't I can't I couldn't think of the last one. <laughs> I reckon that's the most diverse answer to that question I've ever got, so well done. <laughs> <laughs> there you go um that about wrap things up that's our 15 minutes uh i really look i really want to appreciate your time uh today uh but also for creating the music that you have and 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 the way in which you've answered the questions too as i say i've been, I've been a, a long time fan of your your guitar playing individually um and can't wait until you guys get down here to australia because i'll certainly be in the audience and i'll probably front and center i'm a bit older these days of course i'm 39 so i might not be in the pit but i'll be up the back somewhere be in front of you, mate, watching your guitar playing. Well, I, I truly appreciate it. I never take it for granted. And, I you know, I every day I'm blessed that, that I'm able to do this for as long as I have. And hit me up on Facebook and we'll have a beer together. No, I'd look forward to that, mate, for sure. Yeah, we will do. You can count on it. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that interview subject was Aru Luster from the outfit Ulnino, and he was previously in Machine Head. Thank you so much for listening.